The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to The Throne Room, the unofficial Game of Thrones internet radio show exclusively on poppychularadio.com. Poppychula Radio, pop culture on demand. Today is Thursday, June 2nd, 2016, and I am your host, Brittany. During tonight's broadcast, we're going to recap, review, and dissect the latest episode of Game of Thrones. Please welcome my co-host, Izzy. Hey. What's up, and- guys? Oh. <laughs> and Priscilla. I try to be as, like, excited as he is. I can't. Hey, guys, what's up? <laughs> are you asking Let's... us or are you directed to the viewers? <laughs> because I'm like, is this an awkward moment where I should answer? <laughs> no! I was addressing Because, hi, Priscilla! But thank you! <laughs> Alright, well, that was an interesting introduction. But... Let's jump into our recap of Season 6, Episode 6, which was titled Blood of My Blood and aired May 29th, 2016. Here's the official synopsis of the episode. Bran and Mira are saved by Bran's uncle, Benjen Stark, who went missing from the Night's Watch years earlier. Sam and Gilly reach the Tarly family estate in Hornhill. After Sam's father, Lord Randall, insults Gilly for being a wildling, Sam decides to take her with him to the Citadel, also taking House Tarly's Valerian steel sword, Heartsbane. Arya warns the actress that she's been charged with killing of the assassination attempt, and Jacken orders the Waif to kill Arya. Jamie attempts to rescue Marjorie from the Faith Militant, only to find that she has repented and Tommen has forged an alliance with the Faith. Tommen removes Jamie from the King's Guard and orders him to help Walder Frey who is holding Edmir Tully hostage and to retake River Run from the Blackfish. Daenerys rides Drogon and declares the Dothraki that they will sail across the narrow sea to conquer Westeros. Alright guys. We're already what at, well this is not the middle of the season, but already a little bit more than halfway done. Um So I'm gonna ask you guys what your initial reaction is and I'm uh, I'll I'll start first and just say that this was actually probably the, my least favorite episode of the season. Um, and it's really it's really sad because I feel like it's been on a roll uh, for the past five episodes. It's been really good. But um, in its defense, I'm going to I'm going to say it's a setup episode. But I think what they showed or the houses that they showed this episode, I didn't really care for some of the characters as well. So the way I rate an episode is. If it's really good, I'll probably want to rewatch it like five times. If it's bad, I don't even want to see it again. So, I did rewatch it for this podcast, so I wouldn't, you know, leave out anything. But, uh, yeah, I didn't really enjoy the episode too much. But, 
Izzy, what did you think of this episode? Um, I I agree with you. I think it was one of those episodes where like they put the brakes on it. They're like, okay, guys, it, this has been too hype. We gotta we gotta regroup. We gotta show you guys that we have a, a certain focus and show you different threads of the story and how it's everything's developing. And it's like you said, it's a setup episode. You know, I feel like the next episode or maybe the episodes to come are gonna either if, the next episode either is gonna be more setup because there's just a lot going on right now, or is this gonna be like you know like okay let's get the let's get the <laughs> let's let, let the bodies drop because that's usually what happens in Game of Thrones people just end up dying after a slow episode so that's uh, so sad you're just kind of like after a good shit happens people are gonna die after nothing happens people are gonna die like people yeah. die it, it, people <laughs> die in Game of Thrones regardless slow episode yep next episode somebody's gonna die good episode somebody's gonna die bad episode somebody's gonna die that's just how it is mm-hmm. but yeah overall I. I agree with you. It was a setup episode, you know. Um, it's just, uh, it is what it is. I didn't, think, I didn't think it was that great, by the way. I watched it once, and I, I'm not gonna lie, I almost caught myself like falling asleep on it. It yeah. also because I watched it like at two in the morning. But oh, well, that I doesn't was- help either. But no, I agree that. I sat down, and uh, I mean, you get hyped up because you're like, oh shit, yeah. what's gonna happen? And then this one. I mean, I guess it better now than later, and we usually know that like the last couple episodes of every season, it like it 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 picks up. Especially if we're gonna have an episode like this in the middle, so it's not it's not too bad. And I I would say that uh, with an episode called Blood of My Blood, there was no blood. So, oh yeah, speaking oh. of about the title, like uh, the door was like a whatever title. So I see. So the way that I see the show is that like. Usually, I end up looking at the title first, and that kind of gives me a sense of what I should expect. And when I saw the door, I was like, this episode is going to suck. There's going to be nothing happening here. And then, to my surprise, it was like, it was, you know, kind of a lot of action in it and a lot of, like, plot moving forward. But then, when I saw this one as the blood of my blood, I was like, damn, something's going to go down. There's going to be some, you know, fucking people dying left and right. That, like it might have to do with like I obviously I like went into this thing where I'm making things up in my head and then I watched the episode it's like fucking politics left and right and I was like okay thanks yeah no <laughs> I mean I mean we expected probably the action to come from King's Landing and we got blue balled man like what the fuck like oh, that was yeah. really, that was really shitty but we'll, we'll we'll get into that because I feel like we don't have a lot to say this episode but we still have a lot to say like we'll find a way to not go off, not go on a rant, but just talk about how much we hated certain things. But Priscilla, do you agree with us, or are you on a different boat? I... Are you with Gen- Are you with Gendry somewhere? Lost? It sucks because like <laughs> I started it, and like right before I started it, like my cousin had already seen the episode, and he's just kind of like, just wait for nothing to happen, Priscilla. So I went in being like, no, he's wrong. Game of Thrones is always has something happen, and in this episode, I felt. Like, it followed storylines that I don't give a shit about. Or if the storylines I do give a shit about, like, nothing really happened that, like, shook me up and was just kind of like, yay! Like, the opposite happened. Uh, Like, you want your characters to do a certain thing, and they go ahead and, like, do the exact opposite of it and (laughs) don't do it. So, all in all, like, a really disappointing episode. Yeah, I think there was, like, maybe two things in the episode that were pretty... They were cool. 
but it wasn't enough to make the episode like outstanding in my opinion i think uh some cool things happened where i was like oh wow that's cool but then after that i was like snoring in the background like it was to to, nah. to, to Bridie's point like she said like king's landing we expected like some some shit to go down and then we got blue balled it's so true like i see like all these soldiers marching and you hear like the march you know of their of their metal boots hitting the the you know the the stone and you're like oh shit man this is getting tense and, and then it was like like you know it was blue balls they didn't let they, she didn't let you come in a sense yeah <laughs> yeah it's true and it sucks because i feel like the build-up to that scene and what was happening in the scene itself was really fucking good but you know i I, I mean i was gonna i was gonna start off with uh with brand stuff but we're talking about it right now but uh i guess we'll start off with that in a little bit but before we get into a thorough recap here are a few reminders on how you can interact with the show via social media follow the station on social media we are on twitter facebook and instagram just search for at poppy chula radio do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concern? Email email us via contact at poppychilleradio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an honor personality or blog contributor? Email talent at poppychilleradio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychilleradio.com slash archives. And search for The Throne Room through iTunes and hit the subscribe button. All right, guys. Would you want it? Would, do you guys want to talk about King's Landing first, since we were just like on that? And because I feel like that was probably, I mean, I, from the previews, I feel like that's what they that's what they gave us, and and to make us like get all hype about it. Um, a lot of things happened in King's Landing that were interesting, and I guess I'll hear you uh, what you guys think about it. So we get first, we get Tommen and the and the High Sparrow talking in the Septon, and. You know, it's all these riddles and weird things, but the the high sparrow's like, would you like to see your wife? And I'm like, oh, shit, this is new. I mean, usually when they do that, you know, even with Marjorie, too, you want to see your brother. There's always some kind of hidden agenda, right? So I was like, oh, fuck, what's going to happen? You know, what? What? and it looks as though when Marge and Tommen see each other for the first time in a long time, it looks like Marjorie has, you know, turned to the faith. And, uh... I was like, what? Marjorie being manipulated? Like, what? No, that's no way. That That's not who Marjorie is, especially if we see it off screen. But I guess that could be an effective way to do it, too. That what what's the worst thing we could think could be happening to people in the dungeons? Either they're getting tortured or brainwashed or both. So, I mean, we don't need to spend a whole season like we did with Theon on being tortured, you know. But for Theon, it was effective because we got to see who he became after being tortured and now who he, you know, who he is now after overcoming most of it because he's still struggling. So Marjorie is kind of like, why didn't they show it? So I, in my opinion, I don't think Marjorie is uh, under the influence. She did not drink the Kool-Aid. I think uh, she's playing everybody. And uh, I think she was the tool to get to Tom. And I think the High Sparrow does not want Marjorie, does not want Loras. He wanted Tommen. And that's who he got. And uh, I don't know. What do do you guys feel about Marjorie with this entire thing? Because I like the one thing she says. She says, I'm good at seeming good. You know, because Tommen's like, you're a good person. You're, you know, 
you do this, you feed the poor, you go and you talk to people, like, you're just a good person in general. And she's like, I'm good at seeming good. I was like, ooh, girl, that's a good one. So, uh, what do you guys think? See, like, the whole time I thought that she was gonna walk, but that the people of the city weren't going to, like, throw, like, shit at her the way they did with Cersei because, like, she fed them. She was a good queen to them. Like, they like her and they, like, rooted for her more than they ever did for, like, King Tommen. But when she said, like, I'm good at seeming good, I'm like, fuck, did you really, like, are you inducted into this cult? Like, is that what you are now? Like, and I feel like they broke her because she looked at like the way she looked at Loris the way she looked at her brother was just kind of like if I don't give in my brother's gonna die like I can't have that happen and she didn't know that they were gonna come with troops all the all she knew was the faith militant have her they have her brother and there's no way she's going to escape without like acquiescing to what they want so she she did what she had to do I think She's she, like, there's no way she drank the Kool-Aid because she's too smart for that. But I feel that it's as close as we're going to get to that because she's, her hands are tied. There's nothing more that she could do. But I think, I think, I, I agree with you. I think uh, she did this because she saw Loris. And I, I had said in that episode when we uh, talked about that one that they didn't send her in there to to break Loris into like confessing. They sent her in there so that Loris could break her. I think that's like what this high sparrow guy does. He doesn't do what we think he's doing. He's doing the opposite. Or there's a hidden agenda. So I think there she's like, you know what? I have to play their game. I don't think Marjorie's the type that's like, yeah, okay, I'm totally repentant and stuff. I think she's seen like like that's that's why she said that that line, you know, I'm good at seeming good. I'm good at seeming like I drank the Kool-Aid. You know, she's just um she had to do something to save herself and her brother, and that was to manipulate Tommen. And you know Tommen, people hate him right now. They Some people are saying they miss Joffrey because Tommen looks like a little bitch, but I think Tommen is genuinely good, which makes him a pushover, which makes him do things for the people he loves because, I mean, that's just how he is. And I don't hate Tommen. I mean, it's frustrating, but I don't hate him. And he's trying to solve this without having any bloodshed. And I got I can't fault him for that. Um, it's that whole like he's a good kid. Like he really is. Like he's a, but that's the thing. He's a good kid. He's not a king. Yeah, and he doesn't and, have anybody to advise him. That's really helping him. His mother sucks. I don't know. Really, I haven't seen Kevin do anything. Uh, it's a broken council. I mean, he doesn't have much to work with. And then they're letting him be alone with the with the High Sparrow. Like, that's what kills me like what do you people not keep track of this kid like <laughs> he is the king how is he sneaking around like everything that like Baratheon did like people knew exactly what whore he was with at exactly what time like how do you not know where this kid is whose only best friend was a cat like a season ago like what like this it's frustrating and every single fucking scene with that sparrow like I don't want to see him. I don't want to talk to him. Like, go away. Like, something about him skews me out. Maybe it's that, well, like... Well, we, we, well, that's what we get to, right? That uh, everyone's there waiting. Uh, I love Mace Tyrell, guys. I, I know some people are like, oh my god, he's a fool. But his speech, if you really listen to it, it's really, it's really sweet. 
And it, what he says is uh, is pretty endearing, and I think it would like you know hype me up. It's just his hat or his helmet with the feathers was hilarious. Like it's just he he seems like a dad that's barely getting on a wow count, and he's buying whatever looks really flashy. Like oh, this would look good, <laughs> but it really doesn't. <laughs> you know, so it's just, just it was armor, so... but it looks awesome and it matches. Yeah, <laughs> and he was he was just so adorable on his horse and like. We have to save my children because the darkness has got them. And, you know, it's just, it, I liked it. But I love also how Jamie's like, oh, dear God. But he's not being a dick about it. He's just like, okay, can you hurry up? Let's go. Um, and we get there and everybody's arrived. And that's that's the scene, right? We have all, we have the, the Tyrell army in there. We got him in King's Landing. We also have a bunch of random citizens behind them. I'm like, damn, it's going to be bad. Like, maybe the people are going to turn on the, the the soldiers or the soldiers are going to start killing random people in the city. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Anything could happen with this setup, right? Yeah, I thought so, it was going to be mass hysteria, too. Yeah, and, and Jamie, and everything's all good, right? Then Jamie's like, you know, we want Marjorie and we want Loris. And then he rides up there with his horse. Yeah. I'm like, oh, man, he's going to cut off this guy's head. Like, I'm ready for this shit and then fucking the high sparrow's just like oh yes you know we will we would we would fight to the death for our faith but we don't have to today because our special guest is here and tommy comes out with some king's guard and you notice that their armor has the seven pointed star so you're like holy fucking shit damn and then that's it and then you see the high sparrow with that smug ass face that's when I knew I was like, I'm done with this motherfucker. Go and kill that's, him. To be uh, fair, I, that's uh, beautiful strategy. Yeah. Like to, mm-hmm. to make yourself look like I'm sorry for any religious viewers, but that, to make you look like Jesus to like instead of like instead of reigning like terror and stuff like that, you forgive. It makes you look so like holy and so like free of sin. Like that is beautiful. Like he did an amazing job. Instead of making him a sinner, it made him a saint. Yep. But let's be honest, Marjorie. She she's pl- she's she's 007. She's James Bond. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Hell yeah. She's pl- she's playing that game. She knows what she's doing. You know. At least that's what I feel that's happening. You know. Mm-hmm. I I feel like she's like a, a a double spy. Like she's like um she's a double agent. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. She's and like- and now what happens? She's out. She's no longer a prisoner. She can be returned to being queen. And Tommen, her and Tommen are okay. Like, her next move is, like, to get Loris out. And that's probably see, what they're going to do. And I want to see what how that's going to play out. Because Olena looks more like faith. she doesn't know. Yeah, you guys I have think, way more faith in her than I do. Like, well, I'm yeah. just kind of like, she's broken. No. And I expected so much from her. And she totally kneeled. How are you a queen no, when you I, kneel to someone else? I, like, I think, what? I think that... Um, that sometimes you need to play like you can't just be like oh i'm gonna do this brute force like it's it's like game of thrones have shown us that sometimes when you go full brute force you end up losing you know like when you're like i'm just gonna like take over this i'm gonna do it because i have an army because of this it happened to rob stark you know he wasn't like very smart politically he he had the backing of all the northerners because of his dad and because of his name but other than that, he kind of played into everybody's cards because he thought he, he got cocky. Like, it's honestly, if it comes down to that, like, you didn't have enough, you didn't have enough foresight or enough intelligence to, to like, you know, get yourself out of it or not put yourself in a situation like that. He was dumb enough that, you know, he kind of like betrayed the phrase in the sense with, uh, 
you know how like instead of like going with his daughter he like had some side bitch on the side man like come on dude you don't do that so that's what i'm applying to marjorie like i feel like like she knows what she's doing okay she knows that she needs to play into his into his hands now the question is does high sparrow know that does he like does he already have a plan b like does he have like does he know what he's gonna counter with because i feel like he might yeah because he's a smart dude we know this now we know that he's smart we know that he's cunning and we also don't know if he's actually like serious this is this is the part that scares me maybe he is a serious dude and maybe he is just a good dude and we're all because we're so like paranoid because of what game of thrones does to us as viewers we think that he has like this you know thing up his sleeve that he like you know he's hiding like he has his agenda maybe he's actually just a righteous dude and we don't even know that see i i feel like I when so, he like absolute power corrupts absolutely that like we've seen like what another religious group has done with like the melisandre and her like red priests and stuff and how they like burned like the non-believers and we're seeing that like again here with the people that so like worship the seven septa i don't know what the hell this religion is called but like the 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 faith of the seven the faith of well yeah like they they've They've been killing people on the streets and like punishing those that are wicked. Like in, like hell. Like Cersei is still up for grabs, whether or not she's gonna live, depending on this next like fight, this next challenge. So I don't know. Like I don't trust him, and I don't think he's a good guy. Like at all. You know what? What makes me feel like he's not is because that first time he talks with uh with Jamie in the Septon. Uh, he tells he tells him you know we are the many and we can overthrow an empire. He says something to that uh, that end, and I was like, ah, this motherfucker wants power, and he's gonna you know get crazy. And like I was saying, I don't. Regarding one of you just said right now that he doesn't know if Marjorie's faking it or not, I don't think he cares because like I said, I think his goal was to get to Tom and to form that alliance and really embrace the faith uh, the, the faith of the seven into King's Landing. Because, yeah, that was their gods, because those are the new gods. Um, and that's who they worship now, but not as not the way the faith militant does. And so it's, so it's like they want it to be absolute power. Right now, they just have a little bit of power. Now they, now they have the king in his grasp. Like, damn. And you know the Septon, the High Septon, has a lot of say and stuff. Like, he even goes to the council meetings and stuff like that. So, yeah. He's he's he is where he wanted to be, whether Marjorie's faking it or not. I'm gonna assume that he doesn't know that Marjorie's just really good at, at at playing, but I feel like he would know also. I don't know. It's hard to say, but Marjorie's definitely playing everybody, and I, I'm I'm okay with that. I give her I give her that because we've seen her character, and we know for a fact she's a better uh, political player than Cersei. Cersei is shit. She doesn't know how to play the game, but Marjorie does. And she does it in a less cruel way than than uh than Cersei. So I have faith in uh in Marjorie. But I will say that I think with uh I think we can all agree that Loris is still probably going to die. Yeah, Loris is dead, does. but but is Tommen gonna die now that he's under yes. like, the Sparrow's grasp? This Do season? I don't know. Season? Ah, I'll you know what? By next episode I'll make a I'll make a I'll make a prediction because I don't know. The, the, the reason why is because 
Jamie has is not there anymore. I wouldn't be surprised if Tommen dies and Cersei is left alone and she burns King's Landing down. Like that's like where I think I'm going with that, in my opinion. How how long did um uh, how many seasons was Joffrey King before he Joffrey died? died third he or was, fourth season? He was no, King third for, season for like maybe three and a half seasons. Was he? Because at the end of season one. When he kills Ned, which was like episode nine, and then he dies in season four, like episode two. So like maybe three and a half, two and a half seasons. Hmm. He, four, the entirety for episode two, he died. Yeah, the entirety of season of season two, he was king. The entirety of season three, he was king for sure. So, yeah. mm, okay, I I I I don't know, man. I I don't know if Tommen's gonna die. I think I honestly don't. The thing is, like the show, like outside of like what we're talking about the episode, the show has turned into like this, like prophecy whore. Like everything is a prophecy, everything's meant to happen, and like I kind of don't like that. Like you know, like oh, like you know, with the whole Cersei thing, like oh, you're gonna be left alone, all your kids are gonna die. Now, so now we like all think this is gonna happen. And, like, with Daenerys, like, oh, you know, Mother of Dragons. And with, you know, the the Lord of Lord of Light, you know, like, oh, we, this is the Chosen One. And now we think that maybe Jon Snow is the Chosen One and Daenerys is one. And, you know, I don't like that. That that puts us into this thought, like, oh, well, you know, this is, Tommen's going to die. You know what I mean? You don't, you don't like stuff to be, like, easy to foreshadow, though. You like stuff to come and, like, surprise you. Like, yeah, I've noticed can, that. Like, like Whereas can, with me, like I like the prophecies. I like knowing that there's some order to this chaos. That somebody is gonna die at some point, and that someone's gonna lead at some point. And it's nice to guess who or guess when. Like even in this episode, like the I hated the fact that we didn't have a fight scene. But yeah. that's just because I'm crave. I uh, like there's a part of me that just wants to crave for like some kind of action to happen in Game of Thrones. But I did appreciate that nothing did happen which is like really contrary to what i'm trying to like trying to prove because i was expecting a fight and then this shit happened with marjorie and like uh it it made me take a step back and be like well what the fuck is going on now you know i like that because i was thinking the entire time we were gonna get you know um the tyrell army here to just fuck everybody up and then, like, like Brittany said, she pointed out the people in the back. I expected those people to get cleaved, too. And, like, everybody's just going to get cleaved. That's ex- exactly what I expected. And that's not what happened. And that's good. Because it, it shows that the show can 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 take your expectations and t- take it somewhere else. Be like, okay, so you expected this, but this is not what we're going for. We're going for something else. And I actually really enjoy that. But when something is formulaic and it continues on the same path like the walking dead in a sense um mm-hmm. it really gets to me because i'm like this is so predictable and it's so dumb and i stop enjoying the show so even though this episode for me wasn't like the best episode because it was slow there's a lot of politics in it it kind of also broke the chain of like that like a little bit of formula in a sense and i like that and that's just me though I no, think I the, the thing with prophecy with involving like I, I, a lot of our characters, but I am, to be honest, I am more interested 
in Cersei's prophecy because I want to see how it unfolds. We just know the fact that her children are all going to die before her. Okay, how are they going to die? Why, like, do they die? Like, I want to see, is she the reason they die? Like, Joffrey dies because she couldn't control him. And because everybody ended up hating him. Mar Marcella dies because of something that happens in King's Land. I wouldn't say that's directly Cersei's fault. But it kind of is because she put Tyrion on trial. And then Oberyn wanted to be his champion. So indirectly, it's her. If she didn't push for Tyrion to be arrested and accuse him, I don't think Marcella would have died, in my opinion. I think she'd still be alive. And now Tommen, she put the faith in, in control of King's Landing. It fucked her over. And now her son is a puppet to them. And that's probably going to be his downfall. And it's also going to be her fault for putting the faith into power. So it's like... She's trying to avoid the prophecy, also with Marjorie being the younger, more beautiful queen. And it's just it it's just showing you that it wants to happen. The prophecy is going to happen. And because you already know what's going to happen, it's still going to happen because you're going to make it happen. Do you guys get what I'm saying? Like, like you're going to try to avoid it, but actually what you're doing is making it come true. Yeah, it's self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, that's why. Exactly. That term. Yes. So that's why I, I enjoy that because and it's a part of a lot of TV shows actually where they get to see a glimpse of the future so they try and go and change it but actually what they're doing is 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 making it happen. So it's really cool and I want to see Cersei fall although I will say show Cersei is it makes you a little bit sympathetic because not all her children are evil only it was Joffrey and I'm glad Joffrey's gone but after that I really didn't care to make her suffer with her children. I would make her suffer, but not her children. Because they were very sweet. Marcella was very sweet. Tommen is still trying his best, even though he's very young and in inexperienced. I would actually allude him to Danny, but Danny's lucky she has people around her that know what they're doing. So, I That's mean. That's boss council. Yeah, see, so it's a lot of that stuff, and I just want to see how Cersei's downfall is going to happen because. It's it's awesome. It's awesome that she did a lot of bad shit to other people and now she's getting it back at her But it's really sad that it has to do with her children um, And then we have the other part where it says that the somebody's going to slay her and it says it's the Valen Valen something the I Forgot I forgot the the term but the other part of the prophecy is that she's gonna be slain by somebody called the little brother or a brother so Wait, she always what? felt that yeah, Ooh. that's also part of the other the part of the prophecy. Maggie's the frog prophecy. Yeah, or maybe that's Wait. just the book one. My bad. <laughs> that might be just the book. Because I remember in the show, it's just that her three <clears throat> kids are gonna die, and that yeah. like a queen more beautiful than she's gonna replace her. Yeah, I guess they cut out that part. My bad. Yeah. Um. Take out take out the book part. But uh, <laughs> I mean, if you want to look it up? Go look it up. I don't know if they're gonna put it in the show. They might. Because they have a tendency to do flashbacks and then cut it off at the end. But we can already for sure say that her children are going to die. Yeah. And just how is Tommen going to die? And what's going to happen to Cersei? What is she going to do? And uh, oh, I, want, I, I, wanted, I wanted to transition that to something we saw uh, in the north with Bran. But before we get there, uh, Jamie is stripped from his title. He is no longer in the Kingsguard and he is sent to River Run. Oh, look, I said it right there this time. Um, and he has to go deal with Blackfish <laughs> because of the phrase. The phrase needs the Lannisters' help, so they're sending him over there. And that he cannot step foot back into King's Landing is just the way it is. And the way Tommen is speaking, you can totally tell he's drank the Kool-Aid. Like, he, he is just, he is in there. 
and they have him and it's it's really scary but um yeah so we get jamie going to Riverwind. Uh, well the guy was i fucked it up there Riverwind, <laughs> and, and uh he's probably gonna meet up with brand uh, with brand well with brianne and pod because they're on their way there as well so uh that i think we're getting our action probably oh shit Brittany, you that's true they're going to review i didn't even notice i didn't even think of that so just yeah. now so we got no. the launch angle of the wildling so, yeah, yeah and Jamie. So I and and Braun, I'm pretty sure is gonna is gonna go too because uh, Jamie mentioned him as well that he was Dude, gonna. Take I Braun want to see stuff. Valyrian steel against Valyrian steel. I want to see Oathkeeper chop off Jamie's head. I am so done with him. Like I want him gone. Oh, like oh, no way. I think uh, I think we're gonna get a Jamie falling away from Cersei. I think. When Jamie is not with Cersei, he is a, a hundred times better man than like we all could have ever thought. Because when he spends his time in that entire season with Brienne, he's like a different person. I don't know. It's like I don't see yeah, I what I see when he's with Cersei. Like him and Cersei are just like fuck everybody that isn't us and oh yes not- oh my god and we're kind of like ugh. But Why then when he's with her, he's Silla. amazing. Man, fuck that Why prince charming wannabe. Like. I goddamn hate his stupid bo- like god damn it like Fine. that whole part where he kisses Cersei goodbye I'm like Ugh. well yeah but that's Gross. why I think that them leaving again like it's gonna it's gonna fuck Cersei over because if he stayed there I think he kind of keeps her kind of keeps her in check kinda for making her do stupid things but now that he's not gonna be there I think we're just gonna see what they're like when they're not with each other and it's it's actually pretty awesome. I like I like Jamie when he's not with Cersei. Hands down. I like it. Priscilla, would you like Jamie more if he was like uh, like okay, let's say he goes to Riverrun, he sees Brienne and he kind of like backs out of what they sent them there to do. Yeah, what if he joins, joins enjoy, Yeah, joins the good side. Would you prefer No, because he would still be like he couldn't even keep his promise to like like to to Cersei. Like he he's the oath breaker. Like he can't keep one like pathway like either he's fucked over because he's staying on Cersei's side or he's fucked over because like he's a betrayer all the time like there is I hate him as a character like I just want him gone I really just want him gone no way I totally don't see it that way man you're just mean that's what you are I think uh I think what (laughs) I think what shows his uh his character change is is when uh when he gets back to King's Landing and he tells Brienne to go and find Sansa and Arya and to, and you know, to fulfill her, her oath. And you could tell how sincere he is about it. Like, yep. you know, go and do that. Go help him. You know, hey. and, and I think that if Sansa had still been at King's Landing, I think he would have tried to find a way to, um, to get Sansa out of there. Maybe sneak her out. Because we see that when he does that with, with Tyrion. That was like his only redeeming quality for a long time, which was that he cared for Tyrion. And I feel like he would have helped Sansa or Brienne get Sansa out of something. But uh, him giving her his sword from his father, like, that's something. So, I mean, I like I, I like Jamie. Jamie is, is flawed. He's flawed heavily. But I enjoy watching his redemption, as long as he's away from Cersei. I, I, I agree with Brittany. I like, I like Jamie because I feel like he could be, he could be a really good guy. And like, 
uh, I think he's just addicted to that mad pussy, and he's just like, <laughs> it's like it, it just drives him crazy. And yeah, he, fuck, he thinks of his penis, and he doesn't know what the fuck to do. He's like, oh shit, man! Like, I want to be a good guy, but damn, my sister, she's so fine. You know what I mean? Like, uh, he just can't help it, honestly. Yeah, like, no, man, I know. And you know, it's funny. It's like cocaine. He just can't. You do know, it. like, it's like he's into this shit. If he fucking kills Tormund. Watch you guys still fucking love him and want him to, like, have a redemption arc and be a good guy. Well, okay, well, let's see what happens. Like, I I agree, Priscilla. I mean, there is still a chance for him to be loyal to Cersei in that moment where he has to choose between helping Sansa or helping his the Lannisters, you know, or, you know, back Sansa. And I'm wondering, can Brienne, you know... Bring him to that. Be like, where? Ha- what happened to the man I knew? Or so I don't. I don't even care. It can be as cliche as possible, and I'll still love it. And whatever he decides while he's over there in River Run, that will be the determination if his redemption has meant anything, and he's still being redeemed, or he's too caught up with Cersei. But I feel like this is gonna be the fallout of Cersei and Jaime, in my opinion. Priscilla, I you're fucking throwing down the gauntlet with me, Priscilla. How how dare you? How dare you bring my boy Tormund in here? He is an innocent. He's just a, a an innocent wildling from the north. He just, you know, he's just looking. He's looking for love in all the wrong places. But you, you can't do that for him. To him, like, why would Jamie want to kill him? He's such a sweet dude. You know, he just wants to be noticed by senpai. Why you gotta be like that? <laughs> of, of course, if Jamie like did something to my boy, I'd be like, yo, fuck Jamie. But. Yeah. You just, you're just causing drama, Priscilla. Yes, you're doing. <laughs> she really believes in the worst of of Jamie. That's the thing. And yeah. the, I think uh, what what's cool is that I don't think Jamie's always been a bad guy. I just feel like the influence of Cersei has really got to him. And it's not like what would I do? It's what would Cersei do instead of him yeah. like really doing what he believes. And I see that. I've seen that throughout six seasons. And believe me, I fucking hated Jamie since episode one of what he did. I was like, oh, you motherfucker. But I feel like the bad things he does is from the influence of his family. Um, and as long as his family's not around him, he is a way better person. Like when he's with Braun, he's a good person. Like, you know, I like that. And I feel like we'll get that. But we'll see. Priscilla, I'm holding it to you that it, he may fuck up. And if not, I'm going to come here. And I'm gonna gloat. No, I'm just kidding. But and um, I'm still gonna hate Jamie. Like he, whether or not he does a good thing or a bad thing, I think he's like there. There's no way for him to be redeemed. He's already like besmirched his honor way too many fucking times. Like I don't believe him anymore I don't at all. Know. I don't know. I don't feel like Jamie's on the level of Ramsey or even Joffrey. I feel like he's done some bad shit, but not enough for me to absolutely detest him. Like I want Ramsey dead. Like, Jamie hasn't really hurt anybody like that. I mean, yeah, he pushed Bran out the window, but, I mean... But come I feel on. Like, I mean, but come on! He was meant to be pushed out to become yeah, the wolf. And the, come the, the, on! No prophecy. No, it is You shit. are awful. He no, fucking it, pushed it, the kid out the window. Like, yeah, come on, sure. that makes no sense. It is. It is, but I feel like if we put the Jamie from season one next to the Jamie in season six, like it's a different person. Like, and I, I, I feel like the story he tells Brienne in the bath when they're taking like that bath together, uh, you you just see that there is another story to Jamie Lannister's like life, 
And yep. Cersei's Cersei has been a little shit since she was a little girl. We hear that story. And Jamie has not been an asshole since he was a little yeah. kid. He's just been corrupted by evil yeah, Cersei, people around Cer- him. Cersei has always been a, a, a cunt since yeah. she was a little girl. But uh, to to that point about about like I feel like like Jamie's the most human character. And mm-hmm. what I mean by that is that uh, I feel like as people in general, we're like we make a lot of mistakes in our life, and we end up regretting a lot of things. And I feel like he's flawed. And like I feel like I can put myself in him. Like I know you fucked up, bro. Damn. But you know what? Try better next time, and things are gonna get better. And he just keeps falling into that pitfall. And that pitfall is his sister. If you know what I mean. Yeah. He's no, it, into is, her. it is. It is. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. And I don't want him. I don't want him to be that type of character too. Like, oh, it's all Cersei's fault because he makes the choices as well. But I do want him to realize that. He is a different person when he's surrounded by people who are actually good. And I feel like the testament to that is when he was around Brienne. He was such a little asshole at the beginning of that journey. But in the end of the journey, he goes back to save her. He also, mm-hmm. you know, helps her from being raped. Like, mm-hmm. that's pretty That's pretty amazing. Like, if he was a true asshole, he wouldn't have given a fuck. He was like, I'm going home. I don't care. But he, he goes to save her and, you know, stuff like that. So it's a lot of redeeming stuff. I don't forget the bad shit he's done. But I also can't, you know, not give credit to where he where he's where what he's, he's trying gone. to do sometimes. Yeah. And where he is now. Here's and fingers crossing that shit just goes fucking ballistic at River Run. Yeah. Let's hope. I want to see because we saw him with Brienne. He changed. He went back to Cersei. I don't really know what changed there or it went back to how he used to be then we see him away from Cersei saving his daughter we get that sweet moment with his daughter and you know what it what he wants to do for her and be her father she dies he goes back to Cersei oh my god fuck everybody now he's going away from her and to be with Brienne and I hope he realizes on his own that he needs to break away from her oh you know what uh, Priscilla I'll give into uh-huh. your drama they go to River Run they Ooh. fight no Foreman kills Jamie. <gasps> And Brienne hates Tormund, and that's they never no! never comes to fruition. That uh, I would uh, like to see. Oh, uh, you guys, come on! I really, I, 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 know, I but I would totally like that. Oh my uh, god! Yes, please. Like anything that gets rid of Jamie for me, yay! Props, yes. Then uh, never uh, noticed me. No, I I, my head canon is that I want I want Jamie to march over to River Run and face off against Blackfish, but but then like back up Sansa, like. This will be the first time we're rooting for both the uh, for both Starks and Lannisters to take down the Boltons, like or Bolton because it's just one. And I think I, I'm here for it. I w- I want to see Jaime go beyond King's Landing. I want to see him be a warrior. You know, like, I want to see this shit. Like it's gonna be weird, but I want to see it. Um. So you know we can talk about this like all episode because now we we made it interesting we made the episode interesting but um just get hyped now to that to, to that point I I do want to transition to the north or where the wall is you know beyond the wall um I I was talking about earlier that uh, I was talking about Cersei and then I said I wanted to go to the wall and this is why um when we're at the wall at the beginning of the episode we have Bran having flashes and visions of like basically the entire season or series of game of thrones plus 
flashes of things we have yet to see or we've only heard about. And we get flashes of the Mad King. That was pretty fucking cool. We got yeah, a cameo guy. of the Mad King. Did you guys like see the images on uh, on Imgur? Like, yeah, I saw I saw the the screen the, like the screen the screen caps. Yeah, okay. I saw some, but like recap the recaps for me, like just just so I know that I have them all in my head, right? Like, well, he just I know I saw I saw uh, the Mad King. Mm-hmm. I saw his like his slaying by Jamie. Mm-hmm. I saw this weird thing that Imgur kept saying looked kind of like a C-section and it was like yeah. the beginnings of yeah. like yeah. uh Robert's like of Ned Stark's hand like there cuz yeah. the mm-hmm. the bracers kind of looked like it. Yeah. And that's it. That's all I remember. Those three. Yeah, those were basically and then a bunch of stuff from season 1, season 2 Red Wedding, Ned dying, like Bran falling, like a lot of that stuff and also like Blackwater the Blackwater, um, I think that's what it's called. That war, the Battle of Blackwater, whatever. Um, but was the there one a picture th- of Lillian of people saying that Lillian was dead in that uh, too of uh, the of the girl that's locked up in oh that, Liana, uh, yeah Liana. There we go. Like her dying or something. Yeah, no, that, that's what that's what Priscilla. I, I thought her name was Lillian. So many fucking names, Priscilla. You know what? <laughs> I was like Lillian, the Rugrats. <laughs> yeah. That's what I thought too. Like, we on a different show. Yeah, this is a Rugrats podcast now. <laughs> so no, we we do see them. That's what Priscilla was saying that we saw like a hand and what looks like a C-section. Yeah, and uh, that's probably definitely the second half. Of the flash of the of the Tower of Joy, I'm gonna definitely jump on that bandwagon there. Um, we also get a glimpse. I'm pretty sure. I don't know if you guys um, noticed it or maybe it went over your head because it did for me for at first until I saw the you know shot by shot that they uh, provided for us on the internet. You guys can look that up. Um, they have a scene or a, a glimpse of King's Landing, and it's all like burned up. Like it's oh all- yeah. Yeah. With dragon shadow over it. Yeah, and I, we kind of saw that foreshadowing later in the episode of the fucking massive fucking dragon. Yeah. So that's. So what does that say? That I think that uh, at first I thought when I saw the the city or King's Landing all fucked up, I was like, this is gonna, this is definitely going with the theory that Cersei's just gonna burn. She's gonna fuck up King's Landing once Tommen dies. Like there's there's literally nothing there to keep her sane, especially if Jamie's not gonna be there. And I, even then, I don't think Jamie's enough to keep her from falling into like madness. What I wanted to know was whether that is King's Landing or whether they're just showing the Doom of Valyria. You know what that is? I think that's the the past. I yeah, think that's it's the, the past. Doom of Valyria. Like yeah. why why all the dragons are gone and that burning city that like. Oh, that could be it, too. I thought it was alluding to King's Landing that uh, she was going to burn it down. But it could be that, too, because they were giving a lot of flashes of uh, the past, like Tower of Joy, Mad King, all that stuff. And uh, there is also a really cool screenshot of Jamie sitting on the Iron Throne after he killed the, the Mad King. And it looks fucking sick. Yeah. I was like, damn, Jamie, you just you you king you Kingslayer. But damn, that looked fucking awesome. Just sitting there like, sup, what's up, dude? Sup? You know? It just, it looked fantastic. And that's probably one of the things I liked about this episode, which is what we opened up with, right? And uh, while Bran is having all those visions, 
Mira is still running, you know, and uh, it looks like they're not going to get away. And, you know, props to Mira, dude. She she knows that they're going to die. And she's, you know, she's she's with Brad and she's like, I'm sorry. You know, I, me and my brother had like one job. He had one job. Keep this, keep Bran alive, and we failed. And she's apologizing, and she's crying, and she still puts herself over Bran so that she would die first. Like she would still pro- die protecting him. Then we get this guy with like, I don't even know what weapon that is. I don't. He made it up. I don't it know. Was a mace with fire inside. There yeah, we go. That was a mace. Right. I, I was watching that, and I was like, "Fuck yes, this looks beautiful." Like, I am here for this. Yeah. I agree, it was so awesome, but did you guys already know who it was? Because I did, I was like, ooh, ooh, it's gonna be him, ooh, and then they just have that scene, and he's like, you know, come with me if you want to live, and both of them get on, <laughs> both of them get on the horse, and they ride off or whatever, and it doesn't come back until the end of the episode, where he reveals himself, and it ends up being Uncle Benjamin. this was a we. this was an episode of Uncles, we got Uncle Benjamin. I- we got Uncle Jamie, and we got Uncle Edmure, <laughs> So, as I mean, soon as I saw that guy, and like as soon as I knew that, I saw that he knew how to fight White, White Walkers. I was like, "Is this motherfucker Benjen? It has to be Benjen." You know, like fucking um, uh, John Snow was like at one point looking for him, and we know that we don't know what ha- what the hell happened to him. So I was like, "They're north of the wall. Like this guy knows how to fight White Walkers. It has to be Benjen. If it isn't Benjen, then this guy is some badass dude that just like." Fucking chills north of the wall, fucking killing whites for no reason. See, but yeah, I kind of have. When the first fucking like clips came out for this season of Game of Thrones, one of the things like if, like like oh. Lincoln, you miss it scene is a guy on top of a horse, like with like fucking snow going everywhere, like that, like. And I was just kind of like, that's cold hands. That's And cold hands is just like some random stranger that they haven't like talked about in the books. But you know cold hands is somebody. So when I saw like the same, like the self same like clip, but now in motion with like the, a guy, a mysterious guy on a horse saving the day in winter, like in, in the winter, I'm like, that's cold hands. But who could be cold hands? I still think it's Benjen. And then, like, he reveals himself. I'm like, yes, I'm right. And all the book people, there, there's your like future cold hands. That that that's the guy. Yes, I'm, I was so happy. Yeah, the theory has been going around for for years. I mean, I'm pretty sure book readers had a field day with it. I mean, although they're claiming that maybe it's just for the show that they're you know making a canon, and maybe in the books it's not, which is why. You can still read the books and watch the TV show and not be spoiled. But if you are, who gives a fuck? The reveal is going to be way different. And since we haven't even had cold hands like the book has, this is like totally like different. So um, we get that. We get the reveal. But we all not only that, we also get that he is half walker, half human. How do you guys feel about that? That was awesome in hind- like in my mind's eye because I picture like them pushing the dragon glass the same way they did with like to create the white walkers in him like and to have the strength to fucking like stand that and to wait knowing like what's going to happen like Benjen is strong fuck yeah like the stark one's strong in that one like he's 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 good he's a good guy i, I hope he doesn't I, die I, I thought it was awesome because like it like 
we we've had really haven't had something that could really stand up to white walkers other than basically like Jon Snow, you know. And to have a, something that might counter them, which is like half human, half like I guess white because you could tell that he has like all of this like crystallization going on with him from the ice. I I think that that's like the answer or the key to like beating these dudes, you know, along with Bran obviously. But like it plays more into that whole theory of like um of the fact that like Bran is kind of like the catalyst or the savior type kid because like he has a wildling girl. Is she a wildling actually? No, she is, she's no. She's not, no. She's okay. uh she's the daughter of Howlin' Reed. Oh, okay. Yeah. So she she has hit her and then he has like this freaking like like Bran is also like kind of like um you know uh the Khaleesi she has all these like strange people around him all the time magical and now like we have this half white half human guy who is like I don't know what to think of him he's just I mean Benjamin was always cool like we, we saw him and I when I saw him like the first time I was like oh this guy he seems like a fucking he seems like Qui-Gon Jinn status like a Jedi master you know like he's a badass and now he comes back and he's like this and I'm just like his eye group is like he just seems strong he seems like like a powerful Stark. I don't know. He, it's just, it's, he's just cool. I like the guy. He has yeah. a flaming mace. Come on, man. Yeah, I yeah. mean, dude, he, his entrance of like coming back from the dead, or if he was, is awesome. And I feel like there's another thing we can credit Game of Thrones for is that they don't mention somebody like, oh, you know, whatever happened to Benjamin Stark, and like never, and we, and then it's like what ten seasons later, and it's done. Like we're never gonna find out. No, they were gonna give him to us, whether it was gonna be him as a White Walker, like dead, like oh, okay, well that's where he was. He was dead, and now he's a White Walker, or he's half Walker, half human, and was that's why I feel. Is he what? Was was he on a horse? Yeah, yeah. his entrance with a horse. Yeah. Oh man, it should have been an elk. <laughs> oh my god. Um, and, Lord of the Rings now? Like, oh my god, no. no uh, but like when we see him in the book, he's on an elk. Oh really? That's yes. True. He's not on a horse. So uh, I was like, oh, I should have like I didn't I didn't even pay attention to that fact if he was on a horse or on some fucking too expensive. I don't know. <laughs> it's too expensive, yeah. <laughs> well, the, I mean, they get they give him a fire mace, I guess. That's why someone had to die. Bring in the elk. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> That CG, the CG for summer is gonna be the CG for the elk. Well, no, we found out why he had to die at the end of this episode. But uh, before we finish, we wrap up, Bran. I just want to talk about the the scene that we get with um with well, we're assuming that that's Ned's hand and Liana would be the one all bloody with like a C-section cut, which what it seems like. Uh, this is why I think it's really interesting that they bring back Benjen because. What if Benjen knows of Jon Snow's heritage? What if he somehow knows? I don't know if he does. I don't want to stretch too far and say he definitely knows. Because from what it seems like, it feels like Howland Reed, uh, Howland Reed, Ned, and the two guards that they killed, you know, that were protecting Lyanna, are the only ones that know about it and that are still alive. It's just Ned and Howland Reed. But what if Benjen knows or he kind of finds out? I don't know. Um... But maybe I know I I do think we're gonna get a Tower of Joy scene. I feel like that vision was not just just to have it there. It was just foreshadowing that we are gonna get the Tower of Joy scene. We are gonna find out John's parentage, but I think it's gonna be at the very end. But 
you guys think Benjen knows, or he's just some guy that's been at the <laughs> been there at the wall in the ben north? Oh and... so shit! The the, the three eyed raven and like the little kids of the forest are just kind of like wait, and he's been waiting there for fucking ever. Like that. <laughs> His job is not to know, his job is only to protect. Like, right. Bran is the one that's gonna, like, learn all this shit. It's it's up to Mira and, um, and now Benjen to make sure that his fuck-ups don't end up killing them the way they did with Hodor. Like, no. Oh, yeah. Bran, control I, yourself. Yeah, I believe in Benjen. I think, uh, I think we're, I think Bran's probably gonna need a few more visions or something, and then he's gonna go back to the wall and probably invite all those bitches in because he's marked now and that's how it starts or that's how it's supposed to start i don't know um but i'm pretty excited i'm excited man this, I, this seems I think like i feel like we're getting more stark reunions by the way i feel like we feel like we lost a lot of stars which was rob and and catlin and ned now we just got back benjin you know i mean I, we're we're on the way guys we're we're getting our starts back like the Lannisters are all dying, but we're getting the Starks back. Like the Starks, yeah. the Starks, the Starks are like the Uchiha of Naruto. That's what they are. Like oh all of them are fucking dead, but they hold all the major plot points. Ugh, no. I feel like I, I Benjen does good. know stuff though. Like I really do think that that he knows more than he lets on, and like he has to know something was out there because, like he says that. He was leading a party of rangers to kill white if like what the white are so dangerous like why was he leading a party of rangers to kill them you know so man like i don't know fuck i i, I the starks are not as well off as, as any like i feel like we're we've been waiting this entire season for like Lannisters to start dying off, but it's more like the Starks keep getting weaker and weaker and weaker. And I don't even think like Benjen like counts is helping with the Starks. He's, yes, he he's fucking stuck. He's fucking stuck there for the rest of his life. Like he's he's a white. He, he can't cross the shit. Like he's half he's got, white. No, but that's why that's why he's with Bran, and Bran has the magic hand that he's gonna go. <laughs> I mean, fuck, guys. I think we can all agree that the wall is coming down by the end of the season, if not the beginning of next, because it. Why is everyone scared of the White Walkers if they can't even cross? We know that they're gonna cross, and I think it's gonna be Bran's fault, like everything else has been, and that's gonna keep. That's gonna make Benjen, you know, go with him and protect him, and we're gonna get a Stark reunion, which, um, which I'll, you know, I'll transition that to uh to bravos i think we can start talking about that um so i don't want to stay too long on it unless you guys would like to but basically Arya is still with her um her mission she's gotta kill lady crane um she's watching the play again we're seeing like the second half of the play um and we can all tell that lady crane can fucking act she's doing very well even though she's portraying a false cersei but um it, she's doing real good and uh, her and Arya have a really touching moment where Lady Crane, you know, they have a little nice talk. And I think that, you know, makes Arya be like, you know what? I don't kill innocents. You know, I think Arya joined um, the Faceless Men because she wanted to be a great fighter. I don't think she really knew what she was signing up for except that 
she felt like she has no family left because everybody's dead or with uh, not within her reach so she runs away to the faceless men wants to become a fighter um, and just be able to handle herself but I don't think she realizes that the faceless men are some kind of cult so similar to it not a, an exact cult but they're not really a religion either they're just honestly hired assassins they they take people in and they teach them to be assassins and uh, to be an assassin you have to be known you have to not have an identity you just go and do as you're told and I think that Arya with her who she is she doesn't take lightly to orders. she's never been one to be like okay I'll do what you say never been like that so and Lady Crane is not a bad person I think from what we've seen she's just an actress and I think it's implied right that the younger actress is the one who hired the assassination because she's jealous yes. of her like like you look at her in the background and she's like how All many minutes until she dies yeah I'm, I'm waiting here yeah so I mean that's what we get right because we've been we've been like oh man the face men are cool and stuff but it's not really that they're cool it's like the concept of them having the masks and being able to be whoever they want to be so that they don't get caught when they assassinate people and that's literally what it is that they get paid to kill people that's all they do there's no religion there's no nothing it's just death um and i think Arya is kind of like i'm done and she chose she chose to save lady crane and now she's gonna be hunted and i think it's a I'm pretty sure Jocken told the Waif to, uh, that she's allowed to go and kill Arya because she's like, you promised me. That bitch is always everywhere. And guys, Arya goes and gets Needle and she's gonna go down. You guys called that. Like, you called I told that, you. that she was gonna get her name back. Although, a part of you was just kind of like, God, like, I w this was one of those, like, moments where I was just, where a character did what we knew it was going to do but what i i like i was hoping that they not do like i was hoping that she'd kill her like that but as soon as i saw like ned's head and her just kind of like look at it i'm like in my head i'm like she's thinking your dad is watching from heaven and he would be so disappointed in you if you killed an innocent right now like so i knew she wasn't gonna have like the stones to do it but god damn i wish she would have i wish she no, would have like been an assassin no way no way i i think i want Arya to be an assassin but i also didn't want her to to just brutally kill people that didn't deserve to be killed just because they're getting paid to do it like i would have yeah. felt like we would have lost a part of Arya if she would have just killed somebody because of a jealous person like, that's why I think the Faceless Men are flawed, because they're killing for money. They're not killing bad people. They're killing whomever. And that's what he said last episode, right? That you think the many-faced god just goes for the decent or for the wicked? He goes for everybody. And it sounds really poetic, but what he's really saying is, we kill everybody because they pay us to. Yeah. And that's pretty shitty, to be honest. That's really shitty. Right. And I'm glad Arya's like, no, bitch, I don't kill innocent i kill who deserves it well yeah at least I, I, her. I, I i feel like it would have been so out of character if she was just killing innocent people left and right but like, she had a conflict so with, that was interesting to see that she yeah, put she the poison in there and at the last second she's like no yeah i mean i i think it's so against her character and i think it would have been a mistake if it kept going like she just became some kind of ruthless killer with no reason other than you know getting paid or i mean not really even getting paid because fucking you live at a broke ass fucking temple but you know like 
I just I like we said like several episodes before like I knew that she like what what was the point of her her stashing needle if the show wasn't leading to where she just doesn't stick with this like it was so fucking obvious that she was not gonna stick with it there was gonna be a conflict and when we were presented with that that bitch that just like bullies her the entire time who we all hate like I think she's like the moment I saw that she was just this like just oh, she just I just hate her so much I was yeah, just I, like this bitch I, is gonna die Arya's gonna kill the fuck out of her cause I am so done with her like and then now this happens where she goes gets needle and we know for sure now their shit's gonna go down and one yeah. of them is gonna die you know what's Plot interesting twist. about about this is that <laughs> the <Arya> wait, <laughs> what's interesting is that I think in the last episode, not this episode, it was the last episode when Arya kept asking questions to to Jack and he said something, or maybe it was a long time ago that about the mission that she was kind of like, you know, she seems nice or whatever. He's like, you know, did servants servants of the god don't ask, or the many faced god don't ask questions. I'm pretty sure he slipped in there somewhere along the line that um. Or maybe no, not that. Maybe just the the their saying of you know there there's a debt that has to be paid. Like they're all a life for a life. Like that there has to be some kind of balance there. I feel like even if she doesn't do the assassination on Lady Crane, if she kills the waif, that's still a payment to the many faced god. Do you guys yeah, get what I'm saying? I, it, it's it's yeah. like no matter what you do, a f- like a face will like grace these halls and i'm just yeah, kind of like, like that. Yeah. give it to the wave come on wave yeah you die. So that's why i think that she's gonna be on the run right now from the wave but she will kill her and i think that maybe she'll have the option of staying and still being a faceless man or she'll or she'll have that option but she'll choose not to be and remember i told you guys at the beginning of this season i was like i love Arya. i love that she's becoming a fighter but what the fuck does this have to do with the bigger picture in Game of Thrones where all her family's fighting for Winterfell and then the White Walkers are coming? How does Arya fit into this scenario? Because she's literally on, the, on an island. Even Danny, That's why I'm saying who hasn't... That she's gonna die. Who is Yeah, that's why I think she's gonna, she's gonna die. Because I don't, wow. I don't see her... I don't see how she fits in any of the, in, the entirety of the plot. You know what I mean? I just don't see how she fits in it. Like, I feel like at one point we were seeing her character going through this transition of like, shit, I got to take revenge on all these people, you know? And I thought maybe at the end of her revenge, it was like she was reunited with, you know, the Starks. And maybe that's still what's going to happen. But right now, from this point of view, like, I'm just like, well, in grand scheme of things, what the fuck is Arya doing? Other than just dicking around and over here like by herself well you know what what actually i just remember now that you're saying this is that a couple episodes ago when she's playing the many phase game or the gods of many whatever the fuck it's called uh <laughs> the yeah. waif is the waif is asking her you know who's on your list or whatever and she's like would you like to put one more on there or would you are you sure your list is done or something what if she kills the waif and he gives her the option of like okay well you you repaid the many phase god we're going to give you a mission to go kill somebody on your list. And that's how she gets to King's Landing. Because we were talking about that, right? That maybe what if she gets orders to go and kill Cersei? Or what if the many-faced god gives her this option of, okay, we're not paying you to go kill Cersei or whoever else, but you can go and kill somebody because you you serviced us. You gave us a face. You- I don't know. Or 
Or that's not gonna be a thing. She's gonna leave the people and she's gonna go back to Westeros and I don't know how it's gonna lead her. But I would like a Stark reunion with her. I It's wishful thinking. If they pave a good way to get her over there to fight with her family, because now she can fucking fight. She can be like a random assassin that comes out of nowhere and kills people. It's weird, but if they make it work, I'm not gonna complain. I but... don't think she's going back to the House of Black and White. I don't think, like he said, uh, like you've been given a chance, another will not be given. I think she's going to kill the waif to to give that payment to the many faced god. But I think she's had enough of the House of Black and White. I think well, that's when, why I'm when, when they present her with when, something like because you did this, you can go and do this. I I think that the actress when she was just kind of like you like wearing faces, like if you want to, like you can come here and that and she she kind of enjoyed the play and they they seem like they don't want to stay in bravos they're like this this audience was shit like we're gonna leave like i think she's gonna join that troop oh yeah she can do that too that that's a actually plausible and you know i I am shitting on the faceless men but it also makes sense why they have certain rules for people in it because if they just start training random people to be assassins there needs to be some kind of order otherwise you're gonna have people like going and assassinating people they either don't deserve it or do deserve it, but either way, it's chaos. And that's why the Faceless Men have like certain rules and shit, but that's actually very plausible, Priscilla, that uh, she'll travel with them, and then maybe she'll find what she wants to do, but I don't think I want to see a season of Arya in a play doing some weird shit. If she's gonna be killing some people, then okay. But I really want to <laughs> see her- I want to see her tie in with her family or with the main characters, because like Izzy was saying, like, then what the fuck she's just gonna die but then what's the purpose of her of her story if it does nothing to the main picture you know so i hope i hope they come up with something that's one storyline i cannot predict mm-hmm. in the long run that one's the and, hard one and it's frustrating yeah it is it because is because we all we like, like yeah, yeah we all like aria like i feel like she's like top five you know for me probably you know top two like characters that i'm actually interested in and you know to what you guys said about like that girl saying that 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 actress lady saying like oh you like wearing you know masks or face or whatever um what if that's just jogging <laughs> oh my god See, those, bitches are, those bitches are everywhere too so i, I mean that, that'd be pretty shitty but I'm, I'm gonna assume that that lady's nice i think that's this could all be a bigger test too is she gonna is she gonna kill the wave and be that was a real test because maybe he knew that she's always been Arya Stark, and they keep giving her chances to chip away at Arya Stark. But they yeah. probably knew that she was never going to turn pupil he's ever had. So you maybe th- this is all a test, and he wants her to kill the wave, because maybe the wave is getting on his fucking nerves, too. You know, when, when the wave started beating the shit out of her, it was just kind of like, would you like to add another name on the list? I was like, it's yours. You're yep. going to be that name on the list. And <laughs> now, that she, that, now that she's going after Arya, I'm like bring it you have your eyesight back you have needle back kill her i I want to see this yeah and and like why i want Arya to die because we all want her to succeed and the best twist would be her dying and just like but she's not gonna succeed if she dies like she still has like what three people on her list or two like i would really like her to go and actually kill some kill one of them because she has a list of people and she i don't think she's killed anyone except that Alien Payne, dude. Alien Payne, yeah. Dude, I, I give me Jamie's death, not Arya's death. I want Arya <laughs> to succeed. Fuck that. 
I don't know. I mean, we, I wanted, I thought we were going to see an Arya, like, go down a really dark path. But I feel like that would have been really scary for me because I like Arya with her, with her skills and her revenge and stuff like that. Because that's why, that's what drives her to be an assassin. After all the shitty things that she's lost and that have happened to her, she turns to wanting to be a great warrior to get revenge so she can be at peace. But, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see where Arya goes, and I want it. I want it to be something good, because she is the only one that's disconnected from everyone else, and that's gonna make me lose interest a little bit, and I yeah. don't want to. So Arya, Arya is Emily Thorne. That's what she is. <laughs> but we still have two more things to talk about, guys. I don't think we have a lot to say about them. Um, but I'll start with the the longer one, which is not really that long. Sam and Gilly go to Hornhill. Where Sam is from. She meets his family, his sister, his mother, I think his brother, right? I'm pretty sure that guy yeah. was her brother. And his father. And it's not Game of Thrones without an ass for a father. I mean, I think that's one thing we can what all. What a dick, that guy. Yeah, what that guy dick. is the biggest dick. You know, oh, like. God. Yeah, he was horrible. We have that the most awkward family dinner ever. Um, sweet too. But mom is adorable. The sister's adorable. <laughs> the fucking bread scene where he's just kind of like, you don't think you're fat enough already? I'm just kind of like, oh my god. I laughed. I thought that was funny. I was like, I was like, all right, Dick. All right, I see, I see <laughs> you. I see you. Like you know, and I mean, a lot of people were like. Oh my god, Sam, just fucking say something. But I think because he knew how much his father doesn't like wildlings, if he would have said something, I think it would have put Gilly in danger. Even though Gilly fucking stood up for him and was fucking amazing. I loved it, but um, you could see that Sam just didn't want to make things worse. And what, he and what he does in return is pretty awesome because I feel like because Gilly stands up for him, he gets a little bit of her courage and says, "You know what? Fuck this. Come with me. I'm taking this. I'm taking the sword. Let's get the fuck out of here." I feel like this is a chance for Sam, like, to just deck his dad. You know, what better way to get your dad's respect, who's a dick, who thinks you're fucking worthless and you're not even a man, by fucking standing up to him and just kicking his ass and be like, "You know what, dad? Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck my brother." Except my mom and my sister because they're cool. But fuck everything, you know? And, like, uh, part of me felt so frustrated for him because I see him and I see him, like, you know, looking down, you know, because he respects his dad despite how much of a dick he is, you know? But the person that I am inside is just, like, just, uh, just Game of Thrones your dad. Shoot him on the toilet or something. I don't know. Just do something. You know? <laughs> Well, Tywin, too. Tywin always frustrated me, too. Even though Tywin, oh, Tywin was... He was fun to watch, like, political-wise. Yeah, I like, he was I liked great. to watch Tywin. He well, was... put, put Cersei in her fucking place. Like, that was always a joy to watch. And yeah. Joffrey as well. But to be mean, just to be mean, like, when Tywin was mean to uh, to, to Tyrion was really heartbreaking. But Sorry, Randall... Tyrone. <laughs> but um, when <laughs> Randall was talking that... that that shit to 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 Sam, I was like, oh, dude, like, I mean, I wanted to say something to him. I probably like, you know, nowadays, like now we say shit, but I think it was a really scary situation for Sam and for Gilly. I feel like his dad yeah. looks like he would not do something there at the table, but like 
behind the scenes he would get shit working. Like that's why I'm so glad Sam did not leave Gilly there. I feel like you know, Gilly would you know have died. That, that scene immediately after like that scene where we were like we're talking about how they're at all the dinner table and how like they show Gilly by herself with the kid in the room and then Sam comes in. I I I don't know why. Like my knee jerk reaction is like, "Fuck, she's gonna die!" And the dad's gonna come in with the fucking Valyrian steel sword, and he's just gonna murder her right there. It's done. Damn. Dude, and then it was Sam. I was like, <gasps> "Okay, it's fine. It's okay." Oh my. Blood of my you blood. Guys, you guys really liked. I was so fucking bored with these scenes. I was like, oh, I really no, 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 it's no. But the, some of the good stuff was was good. Like. It was just, it felt, it did feel too long. Like, you know, but I think they were cute moments, but I didn't think, like, we had to take, like, 15 minutes at Horn at Hornhill. Yeah. I you know, I was, it, I, I can't stand, like, Samuel and Gilly, but, like, I don't care about their romance. I don't care about them. Like, go be a maester. Like, I, hurry I your shit up. Like, you no, know, I agree. I agree. I, although I don't mind. Some of the sweet moments we get from them because this is the only romantic couple that we're getting and it's actually very genuine it's very sweet it's very cute but again it has nothing to do with like the most important things that we like so it's like we don't need 15 minutes of them but we do need like a strong maybe solid five six minute like thing of them like stopping there meeting his family i don't think we really needed to uh, to be honest, but it was nice to see. It didn't need to be as long as it was. I just wanted I them to meet the family, have a moment, and just fucking leave and get out and go to the Citadel because I, no, that's it. The one I, I, thing that made me like hype, that made me actually like research after like the show because I wanted to know more about it, was that fucking sword. I'm like, how many Valyrian steel swords are there? Because like, he's gonna fuck shit up and kill some White Walkers with that shit. Like. And how many are, and there's like, maybe like seven still known to existence, like that are out there somewhere. Like it's, oh God, like they're so rare. And it just, it makes me so happy that he stole it. I'm like, yes, it, it belongs it's his, to you. It's his like low key way of rebelling finally to his father. And uh, it's really cool. It, that was a cool scene. I'll give it. And I was nervous for him during that scene. I was like, oh shit, everybody's going to come out in their fucking bed robes and it's gonna be a scene and no they just they literally snuck in there got it and took off and you know what good let them go and let them that's it i don't think we need to see any more scenes of sam and gilly or we see a scene with them getting there and then he's gonna study i don't even know why he wants to be a maester i really don't know the reason why or what being a maester is really i don't think i've really understood that but if it makes him the faster we go the faster he gets back to john who's not even at castle black so like you know it's just a little bit of like eh. i like sam i like gilly but i don't need half an episode dedicated to them a maester's like a biologist slash like alchemist oh okay That's then they, oh they like study, a they, yeah <laughs> kind of and kind of not like they study like the physiology of people and they also yeah. study like like oh like you know like making dragon bombs you know like the other maester did you know they had all that liquid bombs that they threw oh, in the okay well then like sam that. should be useful Torch. in that sense yeah or like, creating creating giant monster zombies like, too. They, game, they, like they, the guy who, yeah. who was expelled from being a maester yeah. like they're basically <laughs> alchemists in a, in a sense you know in doctors or whatever they know like how to manipulate the body you know um 
but yeah, I agree. Like, I feel like I do actually care about Sam, like as a character. I do care about him. I feel like he's like another one, like another of the innocent people in Game of Thrones that I don't actually want to die. That I I'm invested in him, but not because like his scenes are like amazing or he's fighting or whatever. Just because I find him like a sweet, you know, a sweet guy that I like. Okay, well, he's like. I don't know. It's just like something, something nice in Game of Thrones, you know. Aww. But your, I, your little bit of innocence. Yes, but I do agree. Like, like uh, I'm like just like move along, come on, like hurry, like show me something else. Like toy, like I feel like they, it was a gigantic waste of time. Like the fact that he was there, you know. Like maybe I, it'll have uh, implications later, but if it doesn't, then ultimately that scene was a fucking waste of time. Yeah, I see are a lot nicer than I am. I'm just kind of like, you're a waste of scene, a waste of space. Please die. Like, I don't like you. I think the the hype was, to me, I think his father, because his father's not in the show, but uh, well-known in the books and maybe mentioned in the show that he's he's like one of the most famous generals, like, ever. Like, he's really, really fucking good. And we wanted to see, like, how... We want. I wanted to meet him. I wanted to see how much of an ass he is. Is he more of an ass than Tywin? You know, I wanted to see. I didn't mind seeing him, and then that's it. And I do hope we get more of him. I want to see. I, I, I didn't mind it either, but I wish that, you know, Sam would have proven himself a little bit more to him. Yeah. Like, they were making fun of him about, like, the killing a White Walker, and his, his, his brother laughed. And then Gilly like kind of stood up for him. I wish that there would have been like moment like, oh, you you think that you're like a warrior, and then Sam just beats down his brother, and like he just fucking beats him down, takes his sword, you know, and he just like drops some mics and takes off. Well, That's the thing, what I want. Sam is he- a fighter though. Sam has never been a good fighter. He won by chance on all of the things he's accomplished. Now I'm not taking away his bravery because it takes a lot of balls to do what he did. But he didn't do it based on skill. He did a lot of it based on luck. So I still don't think he's a warrior. I think he is like scholarly, like a wizard type guy. But he is more man because of what he's been through compared to his dad who's been in war, which you could say is a lot, and his brother who's just gone hunting all the time. You know, it's just he talked up Jon Snow and I'm like, God damn it. Like, talk yourself up. Be a man. Like, stick up for yeah, yourself. It's so frustrating in that sense. You know? Yeah. Where he's like, he's they a guy don't believe him anyway. <laughs> like, they don't believe him. I mean, so what, what does and it matter? And they even had, and there's one thing of talking yourself up and then there's somebody else talking you up because they were there. They saw it. And that's what they had Gilly do. And even then, every, they just kind of laughed it off. They didn't care. So that's why I feel like him standing up for himself wasn't going to do shit. I, I mean, I, I see what you, you mean. That, that's why, I, I, believe me, I wanted Sam to fucking shut his dad up. He's just I so frustrating to watch, you know? Yeah, it was, but I understood also why he didn't do it. Because he, <sighs> didn't, he didn't do it, and he still got shit on. Like, he was going to get shit on either way. Be like, yeah, dad, I, I killed a White Walker. Really? Where? How? How was there proof? Yeah, how, you fat you know? fuck? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're still eating bread. Like, I feel like it's just they would not take him seriously. Whether he was serious about it or not, they weren't going to do it. Carbs. And we have a lot of characters like that in Game of Thrones. No, you know, I see it when I believe it. And even then, some people still deny it, like Alistair Thorne. Who saw John come back from the dead, but he still would do everything all over again. Like, we have these types of characters. And I feel like that's what makes watching Sam frustrating it's not sam himself 
but the type of person his father yeah. is because no matter what you do to please him or not or just to show off or you know talk yourself up it doesn't matter because he doesn't give a fuck he just wants to bring you down because you're the son he never wanted or whatever you're not you're not the warrior son you're the guy that likes books better than being a warrior yeah because you're a fat piece of shit yeah and i feel like it doesn't matter if uh if sam was skinny or not sam is just at his heart he's not somebody that yeah. goes into battle i mean he'll do it if he has to but he's not and that's okay we don't need to have just like uh, Sansa was born to be a lady and Arya was born to be a warrior I mean that's just what we have and it's really frustrating to see families that you know you're not the son I ever wanted or yeah. the woman the, the, the daughter I ever needed you know it is but we'll see uh, and I don't know if we're going to get more Sam and Gilly I wouldn't mind seeing them arrive at the Citadel that'd be really cool to see I want to see it I want to see what Sam's going to do but I don't need too much just give me a little bit I'll savor it and then I'll wait for next season because I want to see where this leads for Sam and how he's going to get back to John and help him and you know if it's going to even be John because it's going to be Ed now like I don't know we'll see um but Sam's story is not like the top five story I'm interested in I agree. so that's why it dragged me down for this episode yeah and, so. and like that scene I think this segment went long enough about yeah that. I know, yeah, I know. See, I think it's supposed to be the Jamie part. We talked a lot about that. But lastly, guys, we have a really small scene at the end, and it's Danny with her Dothraki, and uh, she talks about how that this is this is the time where they're gonna finally sail to Westeros, but they need one thousand ships. Oh my God, the writing is so good because last episode we had somebody say something about a thousand ships, the Ironborn. So I disagree with you on the writing. I think that was clever. I think that they fucking pandered their audience and it made it like made me see like like we're not idiots. We remember what happened last season. No, like, it was sarcasm. Episode. That was that was sarcasm. Oh. Sorry. I guess you couldn't tell. That's okay. Um, I could, that's okay. Maybe I wasn't good at it. That's okay. Um but no, I, I was totally making fun of what they said. Like, oh, a thousand ships last last episode. Oh, this episode too. We need a thousand ships all of a sudden, or automatically, or you know, estim estimation one thousand. Um, they, and they could literally had said same, and I would have been like, okay. Yeah, I know. And the Ironborn are coming. You know, I, this episode, some people were like, or this scene, they were like, it's misplaced. It's weird. It's really it random. Is. It's like, oh, we needed Danny this episode. And you know what? It's true. The only reason I let it slide is because I think what it shows more than the hyping of the Dothraki warriors, it hypes up the fact or it, it confirms the fact that Danny has power over Drogon now. Drogon was a little rebel bitch. And now he's he a, a big, little fuck boy. That's what he was. Yeah, and to, and this uh, and in this scene, he's he's a big ass motherfucker. He's and now, he's, and now he's mama's boy. He's that boy Drogon. That's what he is. Yeah, <laughs> and she has complete control over him now. I think, or I'm maybe so not complete ninety percent control over oh, him. Oh shit! He has like that is fucking like mega Charizard and like <laughs> this is Ash. Like yeah. Fucking Charizard Y, man, dude. So going ham. So that was cool, and there's that's where all of summer C CGI budget went. It, uh, <laughs> that's the way we to get it now. Fuck. <laughs> God damn it. It was for this, like, what was it, elk, <laughs> Your elk died for dragons. Yeah, I'm, so. I'm okay with that, man. I'm, I'm fine it, with it that. He looked fucking good. I'm not gonna yeah. lie, he looked real good. So that was cool. Um, 
And the, the speech was, you know, very Danny speechy, but I wasn't caring about the speech. I, I was like, damn, that's a big ass dragon. Let's let's talk about the speech though. Let let me tell you what. Like the speech itself, like the wording of his speech, I thought it was just like what am fucking, I... I like it's not Independence Day. Okay, guys, come on. <laughs> not Independence Day. But the fact that she did like the actress did it all in like that language that, you know, um they all speak. I I thought she sounded fucking awesome. Yeah. Like just the the aesthetic sound of her. I was like, "Damn, dude, she sounds fucking cool." Like like I Danny like the entire show I've just been like, "You're a piece of crap. I fucking hate you as a character. Please go die." But now I'm like, I'm on her fucking hype train. I'm on that fucking Drogon right with her. I'm just yeah, like, let's go, girl, yeah. let's go. I think that's why they put that scene in there because it, it solidified that she truly is a dragon queen now. Like she had the she had the dragons. They didn't really listen to her for a long time. Now they listen to her. Now they're yeah. like adults, I would say. Let's 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 bring this into like uh into into light. Do you think because Drogon is just like this big ass dragon now? He's like the alpha dragon, and now that she, like, it's like that scene in Pokemon where fucking when Charizard becomes Charizard, and he like he won't listen to Ash, but when Ash <laughs> up, Charizard listens, and like maybe now she's gonna be able to command the respect of the other two dragons. Yeah, I think so, and I, it would happen. be too it would be too easy if she went back to Marine and, and the dragons listen to her. Yeah, they would be like, "Mommy, we missed you." Instead of, mommy, we're mad at you, but we still love you. You know, I would like to see that, but we're not going to have time. We don't have that budget for CGI. Um, <laughs> I don't know what they're going to do with that. But I do think Drogon was the difficult one. She was That was the one she needed to tame, and she did. And the one that's always coming to her rescue as well. And I think they have like that special bond, um, which is why I think the other two dragons are probably going to bond with somebody else. Some two other people. Oh, Tyrion and John, maybe. Maybe, maybe John. I don't know. I don't know if (laughs) if they don't fulfill the three dragons. My name's day. (laughs) (laughs) My heartstrings. I know. So I mean, I don't know, guys. These tiny heartstrings. Is that why? (laughs) Oh my god, guys. Um, (laughs) Is there anything you guys want to mention uh, or? say anything before we get into mvps um i think we already talked mostly i I feel a little fucked up and i'm gonna tell you why because the only thing i have to mention is that one drogon looked awesome and the fact that everybody was like whoa you know with him and the speech is awesome you know and it really got me on her side i want to see more of her now i want to see more of like how she moves her troops i think like that side of the world is going to get a we're going to see a ton of action with her where she's just retaking everything doing everything she wants to do and now she has a fucking badass console like everything for her like as a story has been set up so perfectly and i don't want it to be dismantled and and the reason i feel <laughs> that i feel so fucked up is like that's all i have to say i'm so excited for that and then I remember that we spent like 30 minutes talking about fucking Sam, and I hate myself for it. <laughs> uh, you know, I yeah. that this scene I just want to mention. I love the awkward silence before it, where she's just kind of looking at, at, at the at the caves and stuff, and she's like, "Hold up for a sec." And I don't know, like her blood riders and everybody behind her is like, "Did she go to the bathroom? Like, why is she taking so long?" And Dario's like, "You know what?" I'll go get her. Like that part at the beginning, I was cracking up 
that was real, hella awkward. And the, the speech afterwards is very brave heart, very like, you wild people, like, we'll all stick together. Yeah, like, it was okay. It was cool. It wasn't I, Independence Day, though. Nah. Right. We'll get that later this summer. Hopefully. <laughs> all right, so then uh, say, say what you about this episode, but we got Izzy on Danny's side. Uh, that's pretty cool. We'll see. We'll see where it goes. I, I have faith in the writers. I think this episode was a little like, right? But it still had some good stuff. So, all right, guys. It's time to pick your MVP. Your MVP that impressed you the most and why. So, I'm going to start with Izzy because I feel like I know who he's picking. So, go ahead, Izzy. Who do you think I'm picking, Brittany? No, I'm not going to say it, because then that's not okay, fair. Okay, <laughs> what if you're wrong then? Then I can't call you out. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest, I'm not a liar. Okay, uh, my MVP was Drogon, honestly. Like, that was the coolest thing. I knew it! Yeah, I'm show. Kidding. <laughs> 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 that was the coolest scene of the entire show, like... I didn't expect that. Like, it's again, we come back to the fact that, like, okay, I expected something like maybe she found her dragon, but I didn't expect for, like, the last time we saw Drogon, he wasn't that big. We see Drogon, like, it makes me think, like, how long did they take to get Khaleesi out of there? You know what I mean? Because he wasn't that big. And then we see him now, and he's this huge fucking dragon. And I'm just like, holy shit. She has been training him, dude. She got his EVs in place. She got all the freaking points in the right place. She's doing she's doing work with that Pokemon. And I'm just I it makes me so like I said, it makes me so hyped for like what kind of shit's gonna go down, how much CG budget we're gonna spend on that dragon. But dude, I like I wasn't in her camp ever. And I find myself like liking her arc and her story finally <laughs> i couldn't care less before and now i'm totally 100 percent invested and i think if we go back and like hear the other podcasts like other episodes that we did you can see like the progression of be like nah, fuck that girl like ah she's all right oh man that was pretty cool too i'm fucking in i'm down let's do it let's go that's good character development right there exactly <laughs> oh my god Alright, Priscilla, who's your MVP? Okay, so if he fucking said that he loved the Pokemon, I'm gonna <laughs> say I fucking love The Walking Dead. I love Benjin. Oh my god. <laughs> the Walking Dead. <laughs> like, uh. his fucking fire mace. Like, him confirming out of, like, oh my god, I have so much nerd cred now because, like, I was like, cold hands is Benjin. I know it. And later this theory is proven true on the show. Fuck yet, yeah. like, oh, like, like the clapping of a thousand angels in the background as he like fucking destroys whites like this it's so good i i'm looking forward to this and i'm looking forward to someone who can actually protect themselves because hodor obviously wasn't able to do that but benjin is gonna be like hey you stop fucking playing like we we might die like we have to fight like for each other like to save your stupid ass like so i'm i'm so hyped for him i love him Benjin doesn't hold the door. Fucking bring it down, <laughs> oh bros. Yes, bring Benjin holds it the fuck down. Oh my god. Okay, alright. Alright, guys. So we got we got Drogon and we got Benjin. I choose Marjorie because this bitch has this questioning 
Um, ah, yes. Questioning her motives. Some of us are like, she's fucking playing everybody, even us, even her grandma. And we have other people saying, nah, she drank that Kool-Aid. She, yes. she, done, she done drank the Kool-Aid. And I feel like having a very, not minor character, but a supporting character, um, make us question her motives that, that bad is fucking, take, take, takes everything in my book. Like, that's amazing. That's and I've good. already, I already like Marjorie. I've already liked her because she knows how to play the game and the way she used to like play around with Cersei was so great to watch because it wasn't a cruel way of playing with her. It was just she was better. She had better burns. She had a better method of doing things and it, she was never cruel. She was just always, you know, you're, you're a bitch to me. I'm going to be a bitch to you, but I'm not going to do, I'm not going to hurt you. You know, and um, I love Marjorie for that. So for her to trick us and not and make us question, I think that makes her fucking amazing. And I think we're gonna uh, we're gonna we're gonna see a lot of good shit from Marjorie. Because I wondered what was her role gonna be this season? Was she gonna be in the dungeon all fucking uh, season? And no, she's not. And damn, damn. So I choose Marjorie now, guys. It's for. The rate of the episode, your dragon coins, it's time to pay up because I'm a rich bitch. Give me all your money. If you know, <laughs> I got a know, board to pick you, do Brittany. <laughs> <laughs> Who did you think I was gonna choose though? Oh, I thought you were gonna choose Danny, so I was close. Oh, okay, you were close. I yeah, mean Starting with a T. She was sitting on top of Drogon. Yeah, so it's like together it's my, there might one. as well <laughs> conclude her. She's uh, you know, honorable mention, let's say that. Yeah, I thought you were gonna pick Danny. So then uh, I'll go, uh, I'll start with myself and then I'll just go around. I, I give this episode a 7 out of 10. I was going to give it a 6 out of 10, um, because it just, you know, there was a lot of good stuff. We talked about it, but there was also that fact that, you know, how I was telling you guys, if I like it a lot, I'll rewatch it or I don't care how many times I rewatch it. Um, but this one, I feel like two was enough. And, like, that's it. Everything else uh, this season, I'll watch, like, a million times. Which I have, by the way. Which I have. And this one, it took me a while to get on that second one for this podcast. So, you know, I give it definitely a, a 7. I made it a 7 because of the Benjin reveal. I thought that was really, really fucking hype for book readers and show watchers. Because I think show watchers, we fucking forgot until last season when Ollie came in and was like, Oh, your Uncle Benjin. I was like, wait a minute. Who's that? Who that? Who that? To be so. honest, I think for show watchers, it was kind of lost on them. I'm, yeah, yeah. I don't no, want to sound sense. like a dick, you know, but for us that we've read the book, like, the fact, like, Priscilla said, like, you know, Cold Hands is fucking Benjen. It's like, oh my god, you know, like, we were up in arms and shit. And, he, and, he, and not only the reveal, but the way he came into yes, being a badass and then... It was fucking flawless. Yeah, and he, he comes in also with, uh, right after... Bran has those really cool visions and the we get the cameo of the Mad King and Jamie on the stuff. You know, that stuff was really cool. So I was like, okay, this doesn't deserve a six because it is important to watch and it's pretty hypey, the visions and Benjen. So it doesn't deserve a six. It definitely deserves seven out of ten. So what about you, Izzy? What do you think? Um usually like Last episode, I fucking gave like a low ass miserable score to the episode, and I was actually 
like thinking this entire time like i always pre-think like what i'm gonna give it and i was coming in here thinking i'm gonna give it a fucking three because it's not even that good but now with like talking to you guys and like you guys like this podcast is the only time i ever get to talk about it so like talking to you guys and Brittany, you pointed out some like many of the things that i missed like the fact that jamie's gonna go see brianne and them and they're all gonna be at river run and like some of the minor details that i didn't pick up on like it actually like improved the 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 episode for me and i feel like it's like a six let i would say a 6.5 if that's okay that's what Uh, i asked priscilla we could give 0.5s and she's like no so you have to give it a six okay then i'll give it i mean if you if i think it's a 6.5 then going by like you know rounding up rules and that's a seven yeah is but I, told, I get, I get it to uh, if I could do point five, I probably would have given a six point five as well. Yeah, I, f- I because Priscilla, she, because Priscilla's strict and she likes to start drama. Yeah, I'm gonna be cool. I give you, <laughs> but, I'm gonna give you the. You, know, you can do the point five if you want. Under, under Britney's rule, it's a six point five. Yeah, Faith Milton. Ah, <laughs> All right, you give them an inch and they take. <laughs> All right, Priscilla, what, what is yours? What are your coins? Okay. So, like everyone else, it went higher, like, due to this podcast, because we're fuckloads more interesting than that episode was, but, like, okay. I watched it, and I forgot I had watched it, because, like, at Monday, I'm like, oh my god, yes, we're gonna have an episode of Game of Thrones. I'm like, wait, we did, and it was a weak-ass episode. Son of a bitch. Like, is that what I waited for this whole week? And I was gonna give it a four. But after this podcast, I'm giving it a five. Like, and that um, that shocks me that I'm the lowest. Like, Izzy was <laughs> lowest last time, but yeah, I, I'm sticking to it. Like, I'm giving it a five this episode. That's good. I, I like, like I said, like I I was coming here ready to give this shit a three, but like <laughs> a lot of a lot of episodes, like a lot of the stuff that we talked about brought to light to a lot of different things that I had, like kind of missed, and I'm like, holy shit, actually, like this episode is bad. But it's not like, you know, it's decent. And I feel like seven is seven and six are like six is decent. Seven is okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's that's how I feel, at least. All right, guys. Then uh, I think we all pretty much are on the same page. And I think we made the episode interesting. Um, You know, and I I did say at the beginning that this was going to be a short podcast. But here we are at two hours. (laughs) <laughs> oh, almost two hours not like this. but I mean <laughs> not like this not like this guys no yeah. and we fucking talked a shitload about fucking Samwell like Samwell like that goddamn scene what we Wait, know, no, it wasn't more talking about Sam scene than Sam scene was as long yeah. <laughs> I know oh, you know oh. praising Sam we were criticizing so I feel like you know sometimes I feel like hate you know, spreads faster than love. So I feel like we all spread the hate pretty well, you know, pretty good. So that haterade ale from Game of Thrones. Yeah, we, you know, maybe Marjorie didn't drink the Kool Aid, but we did. We fucking drank that haterade real good. But all right, guys, I think it's time we close up because then we'll just start a whole nother conversation and you know how that goes. So join us next time for a brand new installment of The Throne Room. Visit poppychularadio.com slash archives to download this episode and many more. Registered users will gain access to our archives of previously aired broadcasts. You can also download tonight's 
broadcast through iTunes. Just search for The Throne Room and subscribe. Please like Poppy Chula Radio on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash radio. Email us via contact at poppychuloradio.com with any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at poppychuloradio.com. Co-hosts, wish the listeners a good night. Brittany, what do you say to the god of death? <laughs> no, that's our Priscilla. Mine is like straight to the point. No, and you say not like this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. Join us every Thursday at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific for a brand new installment of The Throne Room. Good night. <laughs>